Welcome to Clarity in Real Time, where we explore how to access, sustain, and leverage inner clarity to build and scale businesses truly aligned with our values and goals. I'm your host, Danella Narker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Clarity in Real Time. I'm here today with April Cunningham, dream accelerator and confidence coach, who is on a mission to help women everywhere come out of hiding and step confidently into their power. And April, I'm dying to know, what is a dream accelerator? So happy you asked. I love them. So passionate about this topic. We all have dreams, right? Like when we're kids, we dream about things. I'm going to be a fireman. We don't stop to think about how we're going to be a fire person or if it's realistic for us to be a fire person. We just dream. We all have dreams. So a dream accelerator, I'm someone who steps in to help you get there faster because no one arrives on their own. And we all kind of know that. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but we rise faster together. And so that's what I do. I drop down, help people craft their dream. If they already have their dream, then I help them map to it and get really clear so that that vision is the mark on the horizon for which all the decisions are made and it's fascinating and it's exciting and i love it love it i can feel some energy over here and you guys can't see her but she's making all sorts of amazing facial expressions being very excited to me it seems like you help people with the how to get to the dream does that fit like the map i heard you say map in there yes But the thing is that people tend to go to how really quickly. April, I want to quit my day job and I want to do, you know, I want to open my tea business. And they're like, but I don't know how. And curiously, how is not important in the beginning. Generally, when people come to me, it's more important what. And so, yes, the tea business, great. But then what do you want your life to look like is more important. What are you creating? What is the impact you want to have? And then the next important question is how question, how will you know you succeeded? And then once we have that clear, and that feels like true to intuition, like really tapped in for that person, we always know with our bodies, right? When that feels like 100% in alignment and authentic and real, now we can construct the how, the path that is, because the path is a matter of lining up steps and those steps will change based on, you know, the environment and situation and circumstances, we can be adaptable and change our path. But the what we're creating is so important first. And I honestly, I find that people don't dream anymore or they're scared to. And they're scared to have the thing. We're afraid, all afraid of failure. We are also afraid of success. Yeah, it has me thinking as you speak of this idea in our culture about how we're supposed to know what we want, what our passion is and go towards it. And yet at the same time, sometimes, at least I've experienced, there's this other message that is like, well, don't dream really because, well, that's not realistic. You really just need to get a nine to five job and something that crushes your soul and do this and that. Almost like there's only an or, it's one or the other, your dream or this type of hardworking, gritty job, or could there be an and? Because you have both. And it seems like maybe you help people with that and. Like, how could you have a dream and put food on the table? Absolutely. What you hit on is so key because people do. We do tend to orient our worlds 
unless we interrupt that pattern of thinking, we do tend to think in, I can do the safe thing or I can do the thing I love. I can put food on the table or I can have the dream. I can have a family or I can have a career, right? And I love that you said that it's not either or, it's never either or, it's always and. If we choose to open our scope, you know, and choose to open the possibilities and get really clear about what we're creating and why, those are the questions that really should drive us and to drive our decisions day to day. We spend so much time at work, whether we're in business or, you know, nine to five, like we spend so much time at work, you should do what you love. And granted, maybe not everyone can, at least that's what I hear people say, but I'm going to tell you right now, Dream Accelerator is in full effect. I absolutely believe you can do both. You can have it all. And having it all, I put this with air quotes, it doesn't mean like everything's perfect. But to your point, you don't have to choose between doing what you love and doing something that fulfills you. And, the, and also that puts food on the table and takes care of your responsibilities. Mm, I think the accelerator part makes more sense to me now. At first, I thought it was just like a map, like a steps to get there. But now it almost seems like an accelerant, like an accelerant to have the dreams be on fire and be alive in you. And you have aliveness. Does that also fit? Like you're helping people have aliveness in their day, whether it's the job that they think they have to have or a job that they're shooting for or a career or a business that they're creating or whatever. Absolutely. Nobody arrives on their own, right? We all need help. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur with two businesses and I'm in masterminds and I'm paying for coaching and I believe in the power of coaching. So of course I'm going to invest in it. And I I'm out connecting, right? Because I recognize that it's the synergy of us coming together. So my gift to the people that I serve is to help them get there faster and not just faster, but with clarity and with calm. The entrepreneurial life can be really, (laughs) um, but you could say that of a nine to five. It depends on what you're doing, right? Like anything you do could be wrought with anxiety. A lot of it has to do with your mindset and how you choose to show up and how you choose to create for what place you choose to create your reality. And I, yeah, I want to help people get there faster. And it comes from my personal journey. I, I was a software developer before I became a coach for 18 years. And I knew probably in year one that I hated software development. Like, yes, intellectually, I can do it. And at that time, it very much so was a boys club. You could argue it still is to some extent, although I do see more women coming into tech and I'm really excited about that. But it just really wasn't aligned to my purpose. I'm actually a creative and I thought I needed to do just the thing that would allow me to have income. I knew in year one I didn't want it, but I didn't see any other options. And if I'd had a coach then, I wouldn't have spent 18 years in technology, full stop. However, I was good at it because as the money would suggest, as the the opportunities would suggest I was able to be a team lead. I was able to be a tech lead. I was able to be in these, in these positions of, of leadership, but I absolutely hated it. And so I always call forward the distinction for people to say, just because there's a distinction between enjoyment from accomplishment, which I had the enjoyment from accomplishment, but I didn't have the happiness from doing what I loved. You can choose to have both, but then you got to be clear, like, Part of my reason I stayed was because it was like, well, what do I do? How do I, what, I don't know what to do. And I was married at the time and I felt like, you know, we have bills and we have this and we have that and we need to worry about it. And, you know, I was very comfortable doing the safe thing, even though the safe thing was keeping me stuck. Oh my gosh, there's so much in that. I feel like you've just spread like a buffet in front of me and I haven't eaten in days. <laughs> Which shiny object shall I go for here? I really wish there was an audience feedback right now. I'm going to go with the mindset. Mm -hmm. 
it seems like you were able to get clear and make a choice to pivot, even in this space of fear, where you were doing the safe thing, so it felt unsafe to change from the successful career and space that you were in, something that all the data points seem to point towards you being successful at. And I am sure there was probably some external voices telling you, you're crazy for giving this up. Why would you do this? You should just be happy. So I'm curious what was going on mindset-wise. How did you make that choice? So curiously, I actually didn't have any outside voices telling me not to do it. It was in my head. I thought, you should be satisfied. You should just be content. And so it was that sense of like, knowing what my intuition was saying, knowing what my soul was saying, what my heart was saying, what, what, I, what my real desires were, and at the same time, squashing that with, you should just be content. You got the safe job, you, you have regular income, you have all the, in, the trappings of a safe life, but it was also an enclosed life, and you should just be content there. When I decided to, I'm gonna back into your question, but curiously, when I decided to leave software development and, and really pursue what I loved, my environment was like, yes, you should do that. I think that you've always, I think you're going to be excellent. I think you've always been doing it. That seems like a natural transition. Like everybody else seemed to kind of line up like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm thinking, aren't I nuts? Aren't you going to walk me off this ledge? You're going to tell me that I'm crazy, right? Like I'm, I can't just leave a job. I mean, career, 18 years. I can't just, I'm the one. <laughs> so to speak to mindset, it's fear. I mean, obviously, but for me, there was this tendency, I was raised in a way that I needed to be smart and logical. And those things are true. But even in that, I felt like there was an, an either or choice, like be smart and, and intellectual. Don't give too much credence to your feelings. And I was strongly level 10 on fire with my feelings. But my intellect was saying, this is not smart. And because I'd been raised and not just like in my home life, but as a woman in America, like my cultural context, I'd been conditioned that intellect should reign over my emotions when in fact now I've learned they need to be balanced. Feelings don't lie. The body doesn't lie. I was feeling it in my body. I was breaking out. Near the end, I was breaking out. I was stressed. I was, I was feeling it in my body. And yet I was squashing that with supposedly air quote intellect by saying this is not, it wouldn't be smart to do something else. So my mindset was very much so like, be smart. I was being smart, <laughs> but I also was not acknowledging this other part of me that was roaring to do something new. And really what it came down to, Danella, is that I was bored. I get so guilty of that one. <laughs> right? The boredom. It's such a great yellow flag for me. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we tend to think that boredom is in the four hour work week. Tim Ferriss talks about, he said, what's the opposite of happiness? And the tendency might be to say sadness, but he actually says boredom. When I first read that, I, I took some time and I was like, that, that doesn't make sense. Those don't seem like opposites to me, except boredom is, is a kind of killer. And it's the kind of killer you don't die from immediately. It could be like having an addiction. Because you don't die immediately, you just kind of normalize it. But it kills the passion. It kills the verb. It kills the dreams. That's part of how I arrived to being the dream accelerator. I was actually a, a friend and client of mine who said, you're the dream accelerator. And I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> I want you to go faster. I want you to really acknowledge yourself and your trueness and say, yes, this is actually what I want. No, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem smart. I actually don't know how I'm going to accomplish it, but I just know that I have to do it. It was that shift that happened as a result for me, that happened as a result of me getting divorced. For the first time, I started to realize, oh, this is my show. And in reality, it always was, but I had this, you know, be smart, you know, do the smart thing, say the safe job. Feelings are not as important. Feelings, you know, are irrational. Yeah, but we're irrational beings. So coming through this emotional, I'm going to call it an apocalypse, because divorce for me was apocalyptic, I realized that there was no lid. Do you know the story? I forget what it is, a frog or something, and the lid's on, they keep jumping. The lid's on, and they don't think they can jump out, and then the lid comes off, and they just never jump up, even though the lid's not there. I realized that there was no lid, and then I started to step back, and I realized that I always dreamt of moving to Europe. Something about Europe I just love. I touched on in Rome the first time. I'd never been there before in my life, and my cells felt like they had somehow returned to source, and I can't describe it any better. Again, feelings are not air quote logical, right? But I can't describe any better than that. It just felt like I was home. And I was trying to figure out like, how could that be? I've never been here before. Italian just started to roll in. Like it was amazing. And then I realized after getting divorced, this was, I went there before I got divorced. And I started to realize I've always wanted to go to Europe and I've always wanted to leave technology. And I've always wanted to be the creative that I know I am, the maverick that I know I am. And I need, I need to stop like I couldn't hold it anymore. I couldn't try to squash it anymore. Is it, is it fair to say that the lid was that inner critic, that inner voice that was telling you not to leave tech? I think it was a lot of things. It wasn't just one thing. I felt it was definitely the inner voice. I also had some programming, you know, family members who are like, okay, well then what are you going to do? If you can answer the question of like, how are you going to do the next thing and prove that it's safe, which nothing really is safe. Even if you have the nine to five job, it doesn't mean it's safe. It might feel safe. It might feel safer than an entrepreneurial journey, but it's not really safe. But if you can answer for people how you're going to do it and how it's safe, then people tend to back off. But you can't answer those questions. It's a journey. You're literally journeying into the wilderness. Like, I'm going to eat what I kill. <laughs> not to be too, I hope that's not offensive to anyone. I believe in nonviolence for animals. But you really absolutely have to you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and that it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be rocky. It's going to feel like a lot of feelings stand in it, you know? Yeah. There's some juice here for me. And it's reminding me of some of our earlier conversations about flow state, which is there's a lot of things that go on when you start to create in your case, the April Cunningham show, it's your show. As we create our own shows, how are we actually staying true to our course as we discover what our course is. And I think you and I have both used the term flow state. And I'm curious what your definition of that is in this context. So flow state, can I just say, I discovered it. Always actually really strongly intuitive, a really strong intuitive, but didn't realize it. And so I started to go on this entrepreneurial journey and I started to feel really clear about things that I couldn't explain. And then I went and started to work with a coach who is very strong, intuitive. And she would say to me, oh, so you're afraid of your power. And she would say, oh, you need to write from flow. And I'm like, yeah, I need to write from flow. So she didn't really explain it, but somehow I just intuitively knew what she meant. 
Like it's this deeper attachment. For me, first, it's 100% alignment, intellect and intuition lining up, and it feels 100% true. And it feels 100% authentic for me. There's also a sense of, I feel, it's like I feel the connection to, this may sound strange, but I feel the connection and my space in the universe. I feel like I'm aligned in my place in the universe when I'm in flow state. Does that make sense? You think I'm crazy? <laughs> I don't think you're crazy. I think of it, I think in visuals a lot, it's the way my mind works. So to me, I get this image of going down the highway and there's the rumple strips off to the right before you hit the true rough, right? Off to the side. And to me, being in 100% alignment is I'm cruising straight down the smooth part of that highway. And as I start to get a little out of flow state, I start hitting the rumples. I start getting a little warning here and there, my yellow flags, as you'll hear me call them. And then I truly go in the rough sometimes. So to me, I get that visual. Mm, it feels straight to you. It feels, it feels easy. Mm. Feels, it feels like I'm going where I need to go. I'm accelerated in that, um, to use your word, accelerated in that journey. It's easeful. Mm. It allows me space to broaden out versus being clenched and holding on tight to the wheel and trying to be in control as I start to hit that rumple strip and then head out, you know, sort of like the, uh, the crunching down in my body and my nervous system of needing to take control again. So flow state to me is that smooth, easy place where I'm able to be like, hey, and wave at the person next to me passing or listen to some music and just enjoy that nice desert drive down the highway. Mm, I love that. I love the idea of that. They definitely gave me a strong visual of like, yeah, you're just coasting tops down. You know exactly where you're going. You know, you're right where you're supposed to be in this moment. There's no tension. And lots of gifts too, like a, a beautiful scene, like seeing the stars, if it's a night drive or, you know, that smell as you're out on the highway or just, just something that feels like the smell isn't the nice one. I'm thinking desert highway, not, not city folks, <laughs> not traffic. I'm thinking my rural existence out here. <laughs> but uh, like those little gifts, it's like I have space to see the gifts instead of you know being clenched Ooh. and focused on just trying to maintain and survive driving out in the rough. Oh, I love that. As you were talking, what was coming up for me was first, yes, the tension you feel in your body when you've slipped out of flow state it's definitely there. You feel it, right? And, it, and the other thing that came up was control. I absolutely still sometimes want to control the outcome. And to give up control of the outcome, absolutely. When I'm able to consciously not need to control, not feel that I need to control the outcome, I know I'm in flow state because whatever happens is perfect. And it feels really easy, to your point. So what happens for you when you slip into that anxiety or that need to control like how do you see that coming because i don't know about you but sometimes i get a little blindsided with the fact that i'm already in a control state yeah yeah no me too me too so i had this experience i'm going to back into your question i had this experience recently where um, i was working on some things for business and i kept saying why can't i i needed to write about it and i couldn't it was it was rather staccato the words were coming out rather staccato and they didn't feel easy didn't feel true. They didn't feel aligned. Felt like I was trying to make something happen versus just letting my alignment naturally form. And I realized that I came through it. I deeply meditate. I also pray. And then I, I just, I went for a run. 
exercise helps me to get back in flow state. And I, it took me actually a couple of days of doing that. So like figure out why are you stuck here? Why can't you move? You know, you know what you need to do here and it, it shouldn't be this hard. So that's the first trigger is I know when, when I'm trying too hard, I'm not in flow state to your point about easy. And second, I also realized that in those timeframes, I am stuck in a scarcity mindset. I'm afraid there won't be enough business or enough love or enough money or enough. When I get stuck in scarcity, it becomes a struggle. It's like intuition. It's like the light goes off. Boop. Sorry. And I slip out of flow state to the point that I can't, I can't hear it. It is very much so a place of conflict for me, but it's one that I create because I'm trying to force scarcity not to be there when the flow state place to come from is everything I need is, is going to show up right on time. I often find too that when I'm in that control state and scarcity, I definitely have to out myself is one of my favorite ways to slip out of flow state as well. Start feeling that there isn't enough. There's almost like a, an internal drag that occurs, I guess is how I physically experience it. That scarcity piece really kind of clamps down. And I find it's almost like having blinders dropped on. For me, flow state is often like a surrendering into what is already occurring so that I can take the blinders off and see the gifts and see what's already being provided around me for me to just take up and then execute with because it still takes action on my part in my world to see success and follow through on flow state. So it's almost like scarcity puts up blinders and I can't see the gifts and what's already been provided for me. It's like all the puzzle pieces are around me, but with my blinders on, I can't see them. So I think there are none. And then it just gets worse. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels terrible, right? I recently started swimming. I I didn't learn to swim as a child and I just decided, you know, I'm going to start swimming again. One thing, one of the first things I notice is that when I am afraid that I'm going to fall too much into the water or I'm afraid that I'm not not be able to breathe or I'm afraid that I'm going to sink too far, I fight with the water and it just helps me to sink more. Well, I noticed, and my, my trainer was saying this, he said, just head all the way back. He's got me floating on my back. He's like, float on your back, rise, take a deep breath, and your head needs to come all the way back. Like the water needs to almost cover your, your face, almost all of your face, except for your nose. And that was a scary part for me. But when I just surrendered to it, I noticed that my body naturally lifted. And it was that moment, it was kind of this aha moment, a metaphor mirror, if you will, that Oh, when you just surrender to it, it makes it easier and everything that was already there becomes visible. To your point about blinders, like the water was already there, the water will already carry me, but if I fight it, it just makes it more difficult for the water to do its job versus if I surrender to it. Oh, all I have to do is move my feet now. Well, that's, well, dang, that was cake. Wish somebody had told me that. But I even now, I mean, I'm still very young in the journey of swimming, but I have to tell myself, okay, are, are you fighting right now? Because you, you need to head all the way back, surrender completely and trust that whatever you need, you already have. You just can't see it. Yeah, this makes me think of like examples from, you know, a business day, like whether it's lead generation 
or creating a new sales funnel or just, you know, fighting with tech support whenever it becomes <laughs> a struggle to swim, right? Instead of relaxing back into, you know, what is reality in that moment? What actually is that maybe I've layered on it more meaning that needs to be there and then making it a harder swim than it needs to be. And I'm curious, like, what are some tangible ways that you've seen this in your businesses? I have two businesses. I have a coaching practice and I have a healthy habit change consultancy called the Jealous Vegan. Uh, we had this idea of like, okay, how are we going to generate income? And in early parts of business, you're always trying to figure out, okay, how do I monetize this thing? Here's what I love. How do I monetize it? And I, we said, okay, we're going to put together a plant-based transition plan and we're going to line it up and I, I'm going to, I could put all together all my pieces, right? Because I could say, oh, I'm going to create a funnel and I'm going to create an ad and I'm going to do, we're going to create some video and we're going to do this. And then, but that was all the technical pieces. Those were like steps, but it didn't, it was a struggle to do it. And honestly, I was bored. For me, I've learned boredom is a signal. If I'm bored by something, I am not aligned and I am not in flow state. But it took me months to figure that out because I kept trying to figure out why is it so difficult for me to think about what I would put in this package and what kind of video should we create and what and what kind of ad and but I'm I'm, I'm too far down without realizing I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's too much work and it's not as much fun. I want to be in the conversation. We have a podcast. I love the conversation. I love the dialogue. I don't want to be into content creation pieces of it so deeply. And I say all that to say. It was quite a struggle. So finally I said to my team, I said, I don't think this is where we should be. Here's what I think. I think we should be in this other place. And I routed it off and everybody took a sigh of relief. And they said, yeah, I think that's much more aligned. Were they bored too? <laughs> it was a struggle. I don't know if they were bored, but everyone felt the struggle. Like, what are we creating? How are we going to do this? I don't know. I'm sorry to say it took me some months to realize, oh, no, this is somebody else's lane. I'm trying to be in somebody else's lane. I don't want to be in that lane. That's not authentic to me. So one of the signals, and back me up here. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. <laughs> but one of the signals is the struggle. Yeah, and I think what I got out of that, particularly for business in relation to my question, is those of us that are leading teams, if we're bored, or we're having some sort of struggle with something, or it doesn't feel easeful or energizing or flowing together. And I'm guessing most folks know that feeling when it just goes. And then there's the rest of the time where it just feels like uphill. In that, I got out of it. Maybe check in with the team. How are they feeling? They might be some you know, great ways to have some reflection off of what you're feeling. They could be reflecting you, their leader, or they could be some great signals. Maybe they're an early warning sign that maybe a pivot needs to occur. How's everybody feeling about this? Check in on the group intuition is what I got out of that. Yeah, and I wish I'd done it sooner. One of the things I had to learn as a leader is I don't need to have all the answers to be the leader. In fact, I'm a more powerful and capable leader if I, if I choose not to have all the answers, but I choose to give the team space to find the solution and mm. to feel how it feels. It's been amazing, but also rather difficult because I've learned that I do tend to control. I don't know. Is this true of you? Do you have this this tendency of wanting to consciously, unconsciously programming? I don't know, habit of wanting to control the outcome? Yeah, and it's served me well, and it's completely exploded my efforts on other sides. So it's an <laughs> Achilles heel, superpower, shadow side, light side. 
all of the above. For me, it comes from a place of truly wanting to do well by the person I'm person or company that I'm serving. I want to make sure that what I turn out is 150% better than anything they could ever do in-house. I want to make sure that it's exceptional and I'm delivering above par, far before par. But I am not actually achieving that if I'm trying to control every detail has been my lesson. So if I actually want to be at that higher service to my customer, client, or group effort, I actually have to relax and surrender into trust of the team and then keep that higher perspective to help guide them. And do I lose it? Oh, sure, you betcha. But that's what I try to return to because it ultimately turns out the best. And I do notice we're coming up on time and I feel like you and I would riff for hours. So I want to go with one last question if you're game. Sure. So taking into account that we've got folks listening who are running their own businesses, are running teams, or maybe just dreaming when they're starting to accelerate into that business and step into this pool. What's one thing that you'd want to share from your experience for them to take home and ponder on? The one thing I want everyone to know, the answers that you seek are already inside of you. It might sound to, depending on the person who's listening, that might sound rather woo-woo. We don't give enough credit to woo-woo things. I wasn't taught to put credence in things that are not tangible, measurable, actionable, blah, 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 blah. But the answers are already, I coach women who have the answers they're seeking. I coach men too, who have the answers that they're seeking. They just need help to find it. They just need help to discover it for themselves. But the answers are always there. The question is there because the answer is there. And I just invite people to get help if you need to and know that the answers you're seeking are already inside of you. Mm, I think that's beautiful. And I am 100% behind that as well. I believe it's in us. And that I certainly dismissed any thoughts and judge that as hippie voodoo, woo-woo, all over the place. But it's a definite truth in my world. Thank you for sharing that. And if you guys would like to hear more from April, she is all over the show notes. And you can reach out to her and her businesses and learn about her confidence coaching and how to accelerate your dreams with April. Thank you so much, April, for being here today. Thank you for having me. So fun. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Danella Narker, and it is my belief that people leading lives and businesses clearly aligned with their values and goals is a level up for all of us. Learn more about how to apply clarity practices in your life at danella.com. This has been Clarity in Real Time. See you next episode.